Hey everyone, I'm Sinead, Associate Director of Communications at Imagine Insights, and I'm joined here by our client success lead, Matt, a Gen Z himself, and Amelie McDonnell, a member of our Gen Z community. Welcome to our podcast, Imagine This, the podcast for all things Gen Z. Want to know more about Gen Z? Then join us for our under 20 minute monthly podcast where we'll discuss what matters to Gen Z, how they think, and the incredible impact they're having on our society. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that we pay all of our Gen Z community for every single insight they provide to a brand. To pay more Gen Z and to be the best at what we do, we really need this podcast to grow and it's very easy for you to help. If you're listening to us via the Apple or Spotify podcast apps, then just simply press subscribe or follow. That's it. You've helped us massively in that one simple action. Thanks so much for helping us to pay more Gen Z. So firstly, welcome to the Imagine This podcast both. Amelie, let's start with you. How long have you been in our community and how have you been finding it? So I've only been part of the community, I think around a year. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was really great during COVID just to get that sort of online um, introduction into the community. But I feel like this year around, especially having a recent event, uh, the Marketing Insights event in mm-hmm. uh, Utrecht earlier this year, that was super cool to meet um, Jay in person. And yeah, just super excited to see where it's going to go with more in-person events happening. Amazing. And how did you find the event? Like, were you a bit nervous in the lead up or were you quite confident? Like, I've always find a bit of nerves is good with something like that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was actually quite late to the event. My train got delayed, so I sort of ran in there straight onto the stage. <laughs> um, but it was it was really nice. Um, I mean, Jay was super kind in like the questions. It felt very chill and um, just comfortable being there, but also really actually quite engaging, engaging and interesting to see so many people, um, you know, uh, eager to hear what I have to say was very um, is very cool uh, to have that experience so yeah I think more excitement than nerves. Yeah love that and Matt you've been with the business for a short while tell us how it's going about your journey so far and how are you finding being part of the Imagine Insights team? Yeah sure thanks Sinead so I've been at Imagine about three months now um, just past my probation which is super exciting Woo. Um, the, the team are great uh, we've got some fantastic clients and and being so involved in in a generation that I can call my own is something that is, you know, you know, I have a real stake in exactly what we talk about and what we sort of preach to our clients. So it's so great to to have that and to to be doing that day to day is really great. And what we talk about today, I think, is going to be really exciting, really relevant. So anyone listening, make sure you've got a pen and paper. <laughs> Perfect. Great segue. Thank you. <laughs> so today we're discussing um, branded experiences and how it particularly rate- relates to Gen Z. Um, there's tons of elements that we could cover here from customer service to user interface when shopping online, twinned with in-store experiences. Emily, this was your choice of topic. What made you keen to unpack brand experience a bit further? Um. Honestly, it came up at the event that we were at um, uh, when we were talking about it. But also, um, just recently, it's just come to my attention that a lot of uh, a lot of the environmental movements that brands are sort of engaging in, um, I find that I study sustainability, and uh, personally, I find that for them to really be effective, they have to be sort of tied with some sort of experience, uh, first-hand involvement, the opportunity to reach out, chat to people. If you can't be there in person, at least you know call, uh, talk to brands about that. So really, just I guess the green sort of movement uh, made me realize the importance of experience as a brand that is keen to grow in that direction. Mm-hmm. And by that, do you mean sort of brands that have sustainability credentials actually living up to it with? a approach that you can actually contact them to find out exactly what they're doing 
Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, it'd be great if it is brands with sustainability credentials. But I mean, at this point, I feel like every brand has to have some sort of uh, environmental objective set in place, um, regardless if that's something they've done in the past. And I mean, it's really great to hear Patagonia in the news recently sort of stirring up a lot of attention in the media. Uh, But really just, yeah, experience exactly like you said, as a means of really sort of uh, fact checking the news and like, how can we as the consumers get involved in like the movement, you know? And Matt, what are your thoughts on that? So I just wanted to touch on, you, you mentioned Patagonia there, uh, Amelie. What, what, what was your thoughts on that when, when that came out, that the, that the CEO had essentially given his company to, to the planet? What, what was your take on that? Um, well, I mean, it's actually, my take on it's been a bit of a journey. I mean, when I first found about it, it was really easy to get super um, excited about it. And I'm not saying it's wrong not to be excited. I think it's super cool what the brand is doing. Um, but I'm actually taking a course right now called Economics of Sustainability in University. And we're writing a paper about environmental trusts and how mm-hmm. they're basically set up. And it's really hard to understand exactly what the purpose trust is. And just to, I mean, I'm sure it's very valid and everything, but just having somebody to email to ask questions about, I mean, we're gathering primary data for the paper and there's really, it's really difficult to gather it. And of course, I don't want to sound sort of negative about it, but you know, when there's a lack of data, lack of people keen to share what the plans are, it really sort of raises a bit of concern. Um, nonetheless, I'm really excited that it did have a huge impact in terms of the awareness of, you know, other brands should sort of get on that same path. It's just important to make sure that that path is actually um, sort of tangible and got clear steps towards, you know, the end goal. Yeah, I guess there's an element of Gen Z particularly calling on brands to be transparent. And I think there's definitely that transparency thing there, isn't it? Where it's like, it sounds great. And we, we think the the premise behind what you're doing is brilliant and it sounds like it's something really positive but like to actually for I mean you're obviously quite experienced in this like industry or sector because it's what you're studying but I guess for a Joe Bloggs would you understand what what that really means like I read it and I was like I don't really understand deeply what that that no for sure like it really takes a lot of um a lot of different research to understand like the economic structure behind it how is it gonna you know stay afloat how is it actually realistic for smaller brands? It's really mm. sort of, it's, I'm still trying to understand uh, the transition in the business model for sure. Mm. And Amelie, as a Gen Z, how do you feel in terms of what a priority should be for a brand? Do you think this is the number one priority when it comes to brand experience or do you think there are other elements that need to be focused on first? Um, so when you say other elements, you mean aside from experiences sort of, right? Or well, yeah, or... Aside from the things we've spoken about, I guess, is there other elements that seem really important to your demographic? So is that being able to go in store? Do we think that in store is less of a priority now and actually we care more about the values behind the brand or... um... yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. And I think uh, the sort of in-store experience, um, before I think I'd say, yeah, you know, it's it's sort of necessary, you know, just for like, um, like being able to acquire the product. But just this weekend, I think I'd really like to share my experience. Um, so I'm a brand student ambassador for an outdoor travel gear company called DB Journey. Um, mm-hmm. And they hosted a really great event at these uh, at this 
uh, ski film festival. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it gathers a lot of people from all over in the ski industry to release their films. And they're actually uh, producing these travel gear. And they've got this super, super cool um, collective of brand ambassadors, uh, you know, some of the best surfers, skiers. And actually being able to go to this event and, you know, go to their little evenings and parties and meet the ambassadors. And, you know, the bags are there, the new product lines there. And just actually chatting to them and being like, oh, my gosh, like this is like somebody I looked up to so much. And they're here to just, you know, sort of share their experience, why they sort of like the product. And, you know, it just really it builds such a story behind the brand. And it's like also super, super cool because it's like, you know, you follow these our whole generation super active on social media and you see these guys, you know, filming super cool clips, um, you know, with the gear, with the product. And now they're just like right there in front of you. And like, you know, you can ask them all your questions like, how did you combine, you know, this career path and like how and it's just super cool, like to see that there's real people and like real storylines, real goals and people filming it and the whole team interacting. It's just it's so cool to see how the the work process goes on behind it. And I think yeah. definitely in-store experience is like it's I really yeah changed my mind about it um, recently. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said around authentic ambassadors. Um, I'm going to come to you, Matt, in terms of being a Gen Z and like we see lots of celebrity ambassadors and lots of different um, sporting ambassadors getting on board with brands. What for you personally would make you buy into a brand that had an ambassador in the same sense that Emily really liked that one? I think it's relatability. Um, You know, like touching on points that Emily came across there, you know, there are people there that she's looked up to that she's connected with um she's seen and been inspired by i think that goes for me as well i've Mm -hmm. got to be i've got to have some link or at least feel like i have some sort of link with 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 anybody who is going to represent a brand or or be be an ambassador for Um, and that certainly you know ties in with that whole brand experience because um often brands uh, one one failure of brands is that they are too removed from society and certainly for gen z we want to feel part of their journey, right? We want to yeah. feel a part of what they're going through. And certainly um, on all the, the successful brands that we see on social media and those that really that nail their, their side of their socials are the ones who are a lot more personable. They have chosen their ambassadors or the, even the people that run the accounts mm. um, for a reason. And that is because they're able to connect with their audience, mm. um, you know, which is very dependent on um, like what their product or service or even ethos is all about, Mm. you know, like, like your DB journey company, Amelie, you know, those people are the top sportsmen, sportswomen in the world for these different events. And so having those people is going to bring everybody together and, and bring us all in that same journey that ironically DB journey are, (laughs) are on. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. And Emily, from your perspective, what do you think are the ramifications if a brand gets that experience not quite right? Um, you mean sort of like if the ambassadorship is sort of um, like that, not right? Or... That or if it seems like, you know, pop-ups at things that don't quite align with the brand's values. For example, having a pride float when maybe your CEO has said something questionable about pride or, you know, um, sort of self-serving um, acts of experiential activity from brands that we often see around those key moments in the calendar. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'm not exactly um sure as what to say in terms of like what would what to do if it is you know sort of uh, not insensitive, but in terms of like sort of um remaining a sort of guideline to make sure that the campaign is authentic or the events are authentic, the you know opportunities to engage are legitimate. I think what Matt said is a really good point about you know relatability. Um, mm. so like for example, if it's an event that actually um gathers people of a certain interest it's people are going to go if they feel like it's um or engage if they feel like it's a a mode of representation for example uh with db you know they're launching the whole um collaboration with girl shred basically you know this really cool um organization that i just recently found out about you know uh promoting girls and women in uh board sports for example skateboarding snowboarding mm-hmm. and if they seek uh, to represent this category through an experience, through an event, I think it's going to be really hard to screw it up because it's just going to be so authentic. And, you know, the people that are going to go, they just want to sort of meet other people with similar interests. And I feel like when it comes down to like, representation of a community, it's really great guideline to sort of make sure that the event is, you know, um, successful. I love that. Yeah, it, it feels like they've, them in particular, have found their niche and they're going to run with that and actually invest in, grassroots which is really important Matt for you what else do you think plays into your brand experience think about some of your favorite brands what is it about them apart from relatability that keeps you as a consumer or are you not necessarily loyal to brands we see that a lot of Gen Z an argument that they will just flip from brand to brand depending on when one's on offer or discount or a new collaboration with the celebrity they admire definitely and I I think um, Gen Z are and this, I, there's no, this is just sort of what, what I'm thinking. I think Gen Z are a lot more fickle than previous generations. I think we are a lot more swayed and are not afraid to, to, to move from one brand to another if they don't quite fit what we want. Um, and that might be price. You know, a lot of Gen Z are students at the moment. Price is a huge factor. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of us are also really concerned with, with environmental um, issues. And that might be a swaying point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, what what brands do, and, and I think now it's we're seeing this shift towards a lot more sort of experiential marketing, where actually by doing, an, doing a thing or an action or hosting an event is a lot more valuable to um, their target markets than just having sort of um, a good shopping experience. I, I think that whole presence within the world is more important um you know an example of that um particularly around that sort of experiential marketing is red bull mm-hmm. right we know them as the drink right you go you go into to shop and there's all there'll always be red bull there but it's not just the drink what their slogan being you know gives you wings so you see sort of that out outer circle of all the other events and things that actually um support their brand and their their ethos in terms of um, having this really exciting energy drink. You see the Red Bull soapbox that they've created. They have all of the X Games with the stunts and sports around that. And they also do these crazy, insane stunts, mm. like jump at the, the highest skydive ever recorded, I read earlier on today. So all of these um, events are a really good support to their actual brand. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Gen Z are really keen to see a lot more than just a product mm-hmm. you know if if you're a clothes brand we want to see what you're doing sustainable sustainably to, mm-hmm. to make your brand 
more than just sort of a product or a service. Yeah. And when it comes to brand values, do you think Gen Z buy into that wider value network that the brand has more or less than previous generations? I think more. I think Mm. the exposure of brands on social media mean that you can't help but not buy into the brand for what they do online or what they or who they partner with. You know, that is a make or break. And Mm. if you get that wrong, you you shut down half your half Mm. your market. You know, so bad press. Interesting. And Emily, um, a question to you along that elk. Would you revisit a brand that had maybe given you an experience in some capacity that you found negative? So whether that is that you read online that their procedures weren't quite as legitimate as they should be or whether you had a bad um, experience in store? Because we hear a lot about Gen Z and sort of cancelling brands. And I think that can be really scary for some brands. But for you personally, would you revisit a brand if they had let you down in some respect or is it would you cut them off in that sense um I don't think I think it's really important to differentiate between like you know hearing something bad about them on the internet as opposed to having a personal experience that's bad Mm -hmm. um but I think it's not only bad but sort of like an experience that's like I would also I don't personally I've never had the properly bad experience you know of course I've seen bad press releases about brands uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes I really sort of dissociate with a brand with whose um, communication sort of reach that I disagree with or feels sort of you know very staged and inauthentic I find mm-hmm. that that sort of makes me feel like oh like this person's clearly being paid to promote a product promote a service and that sort of like it raises this ick inside me and yeah I mean like I find that our like our generation is sort of like it's kind of common like you know like oh clearly they're being paid and you kind of want to stray away from that see right through it almost yeah and I think also like for example um so Matt brought up Red Bull I think another sort of company in the sports industry that's doing a really great job of you know sort of authentic promotion authentic I think is a really sort of vague word but I probably Mm. a better word would be relatable uh would be Arcteryx um uh, I mean it's huge in London as well right now um and all over the world but for example in terms of experiences and like promotion strategies like they organize, for example, the Arcteryx Academy. And now I'm a skier, so I'm super, super, um, you know, keen and interested about the brand and sort of their ski products, as well as, you know, other people sort of like them for their streetwear and like their recent popularity in that realm of things. Um, but, you know, being able to have that experience um, as an individual who's just a fan of the sport, um, mm-hmm. I think it's so much um, cooler than, you know, a a brand ambassador that not a brand ambassador but rather an influencer who's paid for content creation and that sort of like opens this whole new sort of um realm of content creation where it's like why should we pay people you know to sort of um just you know promote it on their stories when we can actually you know organize these really cool memorable experiences for people who you know are genuinely passionate about what this brand stands for and that way we can create content and show the people that are interested in our brand that you know there's a space for them you know in this industry there's a space for them to sort of you know make a name in it to like you know go big in it and I find that you know um, of course you know you should pay people for their services especially if they're you know creative services but just Mm -hmm. by being involved in skiing as opposed to paying someone to ski in the outfit you know but by organizing an academy and like you know um get all these kids different generations involved 
And, you know, it really shows, it sort of works as, I think, almost a tool to connect one, like the audience, the target audience with, you know, what the brand aligns with, what it's there for, you know, sustainability, um, you know, the best gear for skiing. I find that, yeah, it's just, it could really serve as a tool. I love that. I love that serving as a tool to truly engage and retain your audience. And on that note, um, I love having this conversation with you both. It's such a topical discussion. I do feel like we could have gone on for even longer. But as promised, we've stayed around 20 minutes. Thank you for listening to our 19th episode of Imagine This. Our mission at Imagine Insights is to help Gen Z to shape their futures. And we know this is best done with brands. As brands shape society and culture like our wonderful institutions and organisations and other establishments wish they could. We crowdsource qualitative and quantitative feedback from our Gen Z community of over 26,000 strong around the world for brands within 72 hours. Could your brand benefit from some brutally honest feedback from our community? If so, get in touch and please do like, subscribe and share. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll expect you next time.